0: And welcome to the latest Red Robin Podcast Weekly. The podcast is, of course, powered by Budget Ties Auto Centre and 360 Chartered Accountants. And in this week's episode, I am joined by Leona, yes, that's right, Leona Derek Degsy beaumont as he joins me to discuss our round three fixture against the Leopards. Uh, Podcast regular Graham Tennant joins me to discuss our victory over Salford. And all the other goings on at Craven Park. Uh, Graham was sitting pretty in the table after two uh, rounds of Super League. Um, Stop the season now, I suppose. <laughs> or
1: That's at least, it. Uh... Yeah. yeah, book our tickets for the grand final. The hotels are booked. The open top buses are all booked. I'm sure everybody's feeling cock a hoop about being uh, up there at the minute with two from two, playing some good stuff. It's uh, a pleasant change, shall we say, Jono?
0: Yes, uh, and we also know how quickly the wheels can fall off, but Absolutely. let's dwell on that, let's be positive because the performances in our two games so far have been extremely positive. We've seen some outstanding individual performances as well. Uh, we're going to the league game on Friday night in buoyant mood. Um, to say Derek Beaumont uh, is not buoyant is probably an understatement. He's You'll hear from him later on. It's a fantastic interview. Do you know what? He's very entertaining and um, it was a pleasure speaking to. So um, I will look forward to bringing you that later on. Of course, So we had the Salford uh, victory in round two, Graham, last Thursday. God, that seems a, w- a while ago now, doesn't it? Um, felt like a while ago for me, especially waiting for the stats to come out on the Super League website. Uh, four days later, they, they managed to publish them. Which is incredible, really. Uh, and they also did uh, Jesse Sue the displeasure of missing him off the stats list once again. So I can't tell you how Jesse Sue did that game in that game stats wise, because whoever was collating them stats on the game for Super League have missed him off the game. But yeah. let's not dwell on the shortcomings of all, Super that, League.
1: all that technology available to them as well. And can't even imagine the pencil and paper to, to put some stats out. But.
0: Well, do you know what? I I hate comparing Super League to NRL. I just think they're different. I don't think standard-wise our game's a million miles away, but the off-field stuff, what they do, the stats that they can produce and and the quickness and the speed that they put them out there Mm -hmm. is... um, You know, it's like chalk and cheese, really, compared to Super League. So, IMG, you know, you've got a million and one things to do, maybe a million and one and a million and two to get your stats sorted out when you come in, because it definitely helped me out on the podcast. But let's go back to that Salford victory. Graham, 24 points to 10. Um, The pundits on Sky Sports, one in uh, in Rovers Camp for that one, uh, namely, John Wilkin. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of negativity. It was almost a Salford show, especially when you consider uh, our squad, you know, the four players who were missing. But when you look at it as a whole, game, what, what an accomplished and what a professional performance that was.
1: Yeah, even going into the game, the bookies had, had us with a 10 start. So even they were confident. So I think um, many felt that, that it would be a, a flash in the pan against Wigan and would come down to earth with a bit of a bump. But after the first 40 minutes, um, yes, we were, you know, we were behind the eight ball on a lot of time in that first mm-hmm. half, but we found a way to dig in and only be four points down at half time with a couple of disallowed efforts in there as well for us. So we showed again something that that many have talked about recently is that resilience and under adversity of not having great ball, being up against it possession-wise, set after set, set after set. And not particularly playing well, but we found a way just to grind it out, just to keep in that game. And by the last sort of 10, 12 minutes of that first half, we were the ones with the momentum, and we had those couple of opportunities that were, were chalked off by the by the video ref for, for for no tries. But then in the second half, completely different story. Came out, rejuvenated, dominated the game in the th- I think in the second half, and dare I say ran out comfortable winners.
0: Yeah. Good evening to uh, Matt Brady and, and Michael Morton, uh, regulars over on YouTube. They said good evening. Good evening to you guys. If you've got anything you want to say, especially people watching on Facebook and YouTube, put them in the comment section, and, and we'll we'll read them out and we'll respond to them. Let me remind you of the lineup, Graham, from uh, the Salford game. We started with Will full fullback; Ethan Ryan, on the right wing; Tom Opperchick at right centre; Sean Kenny Dowell at left centre, and then Sam Wood. We'll come back to that in a minute. John Abdul and Mikey Lewis in the halves again. Jesse Sue started with George King at prop, with Matty Parcell the starting Hooker. Bachelor and Lynette partnered in the second row and Elliot Minchella was loose man. And then on the bench we had Frankie Holt and Jez Litton, Dean Hadley and Sam Luckley. Graham, um, I will bet you your house that you did not have Sam Wood in your starting lineup for that game.
1: No, like many, I thought. Every, well, presume you know, everybody was thinking senior would be would be the the shoe in on that side. But you know, we we're not privy to seeing the players training day in day out. Uh, obviously, Willie Peters and the coaching staff have seen a reason to put put Woody in there uh, over Lewis Senior, whatever that is, fitness, form, whatever it might be. It might just be the the system that they wanted to play, although playing against. So credit where it's due. That that decision paid off ultimately with Sam Wood having a, a very good game.
0: Yeah, do you know what? When I saw Sam Wood in there, I thought straight away, Abdul's just going to pepper that left with with high kicks. You know, when you consider the height of Wood, uh, Sean Dowell. didn't quite pan out like that because we saw actually with ball in hand, Wood was more than able. Uh, two tries returned from him. Ryan Hall comes into the squad for the league game, will come on to the squad for that later on. But there weren't a lot what Sam Wood did wrong, is when you when you see that he came in? And they also, I don't know if you caught the um, interview with Willie Peters post-game and he spoke quite fondly of of Sam Wood and he he talked about how well he'd been doing in training and how actually lucky that he wasn't selected for our round one opener against Wigan.
1: Yeah, and I say that that goes back to what I said about Willie Peters and the coaching staff seeing and understanding who's doing what in training and as as fans, and I've said this before, we only see usually Sunday to Sunday or or game to game as as it is rather than Sunday to Sunday we don't know what goes on behind the scenes who's nursing any knocks who's playing well who's really tearing the house down in training so to get um you know to get the nod from willie peters to say that he was unlucky uh in round one proves that he's been been doing things right through pre-season and also is you know he's he's had the opportunity there through the uh, misfortune of, of one player to step in and then as any professional would do give it their best shot to stake their claim for that jersey
0: yeah, no doubt. I mean, stats wise, he um two tries, seven tackles, four tackle busts, uh, twenty-one carries, hundred and thirty-two meters. He was actually our second top meter maker, um, average gain of, of six meters. Um, you know, he, he's he's done all right, and he so he's he's gonna be uh, looked on favorably when we talk about this uh, league game coming up. Mm-hmm. Um that first half though, Graham. Um you know, Salford did have a lot of ball in hand, didn't they? And they did spare a few chances. But what what really impressed me was our ability to dig in, our resilience. We saw glimpses of that in the Wigan game when we went uh, when they scored three on the bounce. We then saw that again in the Salford game, that first half, where, yes, Salford looked very impressive, but when you saw it at half-time and it was 4-0, you were almost thinking, God, you know, Games gone by, dare I say, in seasons gone by, that could have been easily a, a 12, 14, 16, 18 point lead at half-time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you, I think you're think spot on there. In seasons gone by, we've all seen it as fans. We've all seen um, spells where we've been turned over and, and conceded rapid tries to, to basically put us out of the, out of the game in a very short period of time and climbing a mountain. But again, we, we've shown that resilience and I think Willie Peters has talked about that in, in pre-season interviews and certainly uh, I've heard about it and talk about it as well, about the, the, the resilience training that they've been practising for themselves, um, you know, in the, in the off-season and putting the, the, the lads in stressful situations and how do we deal with that, what adversity do we have to overcome. I think you're right in that Wigan game, we saw that that quick fire 3 try burst from Wigan in the first half, but we didn't go into our shells. We carried on stuck to our processes and got our rewards on the back of that. And then the same thing happened in the first half. And, um, we, we, you know, we went in only four nil down and it was said in commentary and, and I got the feeling, and I know Stuart's just made a good point there that even at four nil down, I felt watching it, many did. And even the commentator said that, okay, are still in this game. And as soon as they start to click. Salford are going to rule the you know their missed opportunities and not putting more points on the board, which you know ultimately played out at the end of the 80 minutes.
0: Yeah, and it must have been some some kind of uh, half-time tea talk, team talk from Willie Peters because 44 minutes in, rovers get the first score of the game. Um, Ethan Ryan will Dagger converts. 50 minutes in, we get our second try of the game. Uh, this time Frankie Holton from a death kick through from Jordan Abdul. Dagger converts again. And then after ten minutes after half time, we're twelve points to four up. And after that, we don't really look back, do we?
1: No, they, they never. I mean, they, they got close with a, with a try back, but we, we we sort of soon answered that one within two or three minutes after their score. And then then we were in full control. I thought, of that game, and again, that just demonstrated a bit more maturity this season that we've seen so far than in previous seasons where we we're able to control a game effectively and not like we're just playing everything off the cuff and, and have no real structure or, or plans to our play. It looks like we've definitely got some some key players in there who are controlling the game for us, which I think we've missed for a good few years now. We've not sort of seen that level of control in our, in our play for a little while. And it's good to see it come back that we've actually got players who can dictate the pace of play and when we do certain things and then when we really need to dig in and, and, and really put our backs against the wall, everybody's prepared to roll sleeves up.
0: Yeah, and um, just like in the first game against Wigan when Kane Lynette scored after 46 minutes, it's becoming crucial almost, isn't it? In these tight games, you know, it's an easy thing to say, but actually when you do score, it seems to be crucial. And I know we're only two games in, Graham, but um, I think the mantra from Rovers at the moment is to, to stay in the game, stay in the game, keep it tight, keep the score as close as possible. And then when we do get a chance, you've got to make sure that you take it because... Um, you can see the team almost lift from getting these scores at crucial times
1: in the game. Yeah, absolutely. There was, there was some stats on first half possession and, and tackles made and meters made, etc. And it was way, way in favor of Salford in that first thirty, thirty-five minutes, hugely in favor. Uh, but by the end of eighty minutes, we'd absolutely turned that round and smashed those the other way around to, to us. So that was some some turnaround in meters made and the tackles that Salford had to make far outweighed. The ones that we had to do. So again, they were getting gassed at the wrong time for them, but the right time for us. We were playing with ball in hand a lot more than they were, as players were getting more tired. And it just just demonstrates that element of control. I think that we've we've had in that particular game.
0: Yeah, and uh, when you talk about control, um, there's a player at the moment who, who looks like he's playing in his dinner jacket, uh, Jordan Abdul, um, Man of Steel. Points he got three again uh, for the second game running. Kicks in general play, uh 18 uh carries. He actually made had the ball in hand the most for the Robins. He had 24 carries against Salford. Um comes up with some really crucial plays, and there was none more so crucial. That high bomb, what Ryan Brealy well, to be fair, I don't think any fullback under that would have would have caught that ball, but that ball absolutely sailed into the Salford air. Came down like a, a cruise missile. Ryan Brealy no chance. Sam Wood mops up, goes over for his second try of the game and they're the big players, aren't
1: they? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think you, you look at the, the the merits that that Jordan Abdul uh, uh, Jordan Abdul looks fit and playing well brings to the squad, and the amount of pressure his kicks put on? There was a short kick through for Halton's try. There was the the up in the air in the corner where it got batted back um, for Sam Woods' try. There was the one that was spiraling all over the place that Ryan Briley tried to catch round the back. You know, went over his shoulder by the time he'd set himself. So they're causing all sorts of problems, whether it's short, high or, or long kicks as well. And it's an absolute weapon that we've got to, to maximise out of. We can't overuse it, obviously, but at the right times and, and that that, um, that decision-making process that it goes through will determine whether it's short, long, high, etc. And even when it's, it's to control the game, there's a few occasions where the ball just got knocked into touch 35, 40 metres downfield just to take a bit of time off the clock cool the jets of everybody, get everybody reset, reordered again, deep breath, and we'll go again and just you know, control the game properly rather than, as I say in the past, we've, we've seen it where we've been, everything is is trying to score off every player. This was a lot more measured, but yeah, absolutely. John Abdul. it's fantastic to see him back for us. Playing well He's such a threat, whether it be with ball on foot, we've, we've just talked about that there, but actually as a physical presence, he must be—I don't know what—hundred kilos, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it so says he's got a physical presence about him, and he can move. He can move, and he's got some great hands as well. So, what what I said to my mates when I was stood there on on the Wigan game was, I'd like to see him be deceptive in in not running laterally all the time and, and making it easy for defenses to predict where he's going and it's going to be passed. It's to just angle himself towards the, the defensive line a bit more to just give them the the problem of thinking: Is he going to kick? Is he going to run at us? Or is he going to pass the ball? And that's where that indecision in defence can create havoc for a player like Jordan when he's on form to create chances for himself, for others with his kicks or those passes that we know he can do um, out wide as well. So I think he's an absolute star, could be an absolute star this season for us if if he keeps fit and keeps progressing like he is doing.
0: Yeah, massive if, but I tell you what what a season he'll have if he, if he does keep fully fit. And, and you know, it wasn't that long ago he was a Man of Steel contender. So, yeah. long may that continue. Um, Ethan Ryan bagged a try, um, the first of the game for the Robins, but we still haven't seen that right right edge attack quite hit top gear yet, have we? I thought Tom Operchick, I thought Ethan Ryan, um, especially Operchick in defence, looks outstanding on the right-hand side and we've really solidified on that edge. And, and you saw that with the... The, the amount of times I was able to nullify the Salford attack. We, we haven't quite seen the attacking prowess of that side yet, have we? And, and you only have to see how many times that Lewis had ball in hand. We seem to be starving that right edge a little bit. But then again, if your ledger, left edge is doing so well, it's maybe not that much of a problem.
1: Yeah, I think it was a 2 two each split on, on Thursday night with the tries, two from the right-hand side, two from the left-hand side. So it evened itself up. But I think you're absolutely right, that defence historically for us, that right edge defence. Hasn't been as watertight as the, as the left has been. I think we've been exposed in the past, but now I want to throw another player into the mix there in that line of Bachelor, who's, who's locking everything up there as well defensively. Him and Opachik, I think, are, are going to be really strong defensively. And Ethan Ryan as well. He read the article that he put out there during the week about how he's learning uh, uh, as well. And I think we saw in the first game getting picked off a couple of times. But again, he held his line this time. So that even in that short space, space of time of four or five days, there's obviously been discussions had and, and learnings, uh, learnings picked up on, that, that right side looked a lot more solid. And when you've got Lafay um, as, a, as a threat on that side to, to deal with, who we know can be a, a huge weapon for, for Salford, it was very, very quiet, I thought. And That was down to our defensive efforts.
0: Yeah, definitely. We've just got some comments coming in. Anthony Carrick, I think we're looking fitter than we have uh, in times gone by. Abdul's kick selection has been superb for the first two games. Um, Matthew Lane, is Mikey Lewis injured or carrying a knock? He didn't get much ball. Um, I don't think he is, is Graham? I think it's just the, the no. way the ball's going. And, uh, no, any, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think, to I think worry.
1: No, I don't think there's anything to worry about at all. I think, there, you know, I think Joe's covered it really well in the in the whole Daily Mail article where it's a different style of play for Lewis now, where we're not we're not solely reliant on him to make things happen. Um, we, 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 it comes back to that control. We've got time to decide when it goes left, when it goes right, who gets the ball, what type of plays we we can uh, you know we, we can do. So I don't think we're solely reliant, which was you know in in past games we've, we've been looking to Mikey Lewis to do absolutely everything attacking wise for us. And, it, you know, he can't do that because Super League defences are too good for that. So I think to to give him that that freedom when it's there and, and play when it's when it's on, fine. But use the structure around him to, you know, to control the games as we uh, as we have done over the first two games. But I think Lewis will just have to learn and adapt his style a little bit to, to fit in with that. And then hopefully once he does that, we'll see Mikey uh, being as equal a threat as, as Jordan is on the other side.
0: Yeah, interestingly, he um, he only made seven carries against Salford, but he made five attacking kicks. So, it showed, you know, it, it tells a story in itself, doesn't it, about maybe at the time when he got the ball, you know, what players are on, et cetera, et cetera, you know. But the good thing is, you know, we've got that in our locker. It, it's not a spent force, is it? We've got that no. we've got that raring to go, so...
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the carries, do we want our number seven carrying the ball in? Mm. Uh, yeah, probably not, is the answer, because the, the, the risk is that they're a key player in there getting smashed through the middle of the park. Leave that to the big the big boys in the middle to, to do all that sensible, hard yards work. And, um, I can't remember who it was, but somebody's just mentioned uh, Don, thought yep. Luckily was exceptional. Again, I agree with Don there. Let, let Luckley, let Sue, let Kennedy, whoever's in the, the team this week, let them do those hard carries. And then let Mikey play off the back of that. And whether that's continuing to run at the line or whether that's picking somebody out um, you know, with a pass or a kick, then that, that for me is what Lewis's job in rather is rather than running the ball in.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Sam Luckley there, You're actually in the uh Super League dream team for round two. Um he's in the dream team, his stats are startling. Um 13 tackles, seven carries, fifty-two meters, an average gain of eight metres. But what you would say is the impact he made during that spell was more than any Sats could tell you.
1: I think that, that's the key word, I just one word there, impact. And that that's what you need your interchanges to do, is come on after 20, 25 minutes when, when people are getting tired, your impact player, that's exactly what you want them to do. And I think Luckily did that perfectly, which has been picked up by a lot of people in positive praise of, of Sam's performance. And again, that's all you can ask for, for players when they do come is come on or come into the squad is that they make an impact.
0: Definitely. And one player, you know, another player who came into the side and made an impact. Uh no coot, no problem. Will Dagger steps up. Um, four conversions, crucial kicks. Uh, but he looked very assured at the fullback.
1: Yeah, I think that's the same for all four that came in. I don't, you know, I think many would have had a little bit of a, oh, here we go again. Here's the old injury routine for Rovers. Well, that, that was good while it lasted that game against Wigan. And we maybe feared feared a little bit of negativity. But the four players that came in absolutely, you know, contributed to the team, all of them in, in their own way, positively. And I think it proves that depth that we've got, that we shouldn't expect a drop in performance if we have to bring other players in for, you know, for key players like Cook, for example. I thought Dagger was, was exceptional on uh, on Thursday night, especially with the boot, uh, again, which is a, an area where we've um, not taken full advantage, of, certainly last season in, in the uh, the goal-kicking department. But I thought Dagger was absolutely spot-on on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, 100%. And uh, when you go back to the Man of Steel points, John Abdul-Free, Kane Lynette, he got two points. He, he's just, you know... He's just getting better with age. Very similar to Sean Cadell, Ryan Hall, etc. You know, you know what you're going to get. His his level of consistency, his level of performance is absolutely outstanding. Um, I think what was telling from the game, Graham, was pretty much uh, Paul Rowley's comment at the end of it, the the Sol coaching that he just held his hands up and said we've been beaten better by a better side, Um, and he didn't really offer much of an explanation as to why. It was just that Rovers Rovers are a decent side, and, and Salford got outplayed in the end.
1: Yeah, and sometimes you have to accept that as a, as a fan. You sometimes have to say exactly the same. Look, we've we've done our best, but we got beaten by a better team. I think that was the occasion for them, and that's that's positive for us because again, it's another feather in the cap of you know many were writing off Salford before the start of this season and saying they'll be down there. I, I think they'll be I think they'll be up there challenging again like they were uh, last couple of seasons. So I think that's a decent scalp for us, even though it's early in the season. I still think that's a decent scalp to go away to Salford. Uh, and pick that result up so so for him to say and acknowledge that that you know we're doing good things is, is great and positive for us as you said right at the beginning now we've got to continue to build on that we've set ourselves a level now of expectation of perfor- level of performance that, that we think it should be should be normal and what as soon as we start dipping below that it'll be interesting to see if and what anything changes with it
0: yeah and talking about consistency graham I mean, kept Captain Kenny Dowell, uh against Wigan, he made 18 carries. Um, he made 125 meters with an average gain of uh, where we? with an average gain of seven meters against Salford. He made 20 carries with 158 meters, an average gain of eight meters. I mean, he he, he guarantees you field position.
1: Uh, absolutely, it's like Ryan Hall. It's it's guaranteed meters in the, in the bank for for you uh I won't say easy meters, but but they're very good and well earned meters, a lot of them. And sometimes it's those hard ones coming out of your own twenty that we know Ryan Hall does very well. Um Kenny Dowell does that job, you know, equally as well of, of putting himself forward to, to bring those carries out when, you know, when things need um when things need changing up uh, coming out of defence. So it's great to see that left edge. I mean I think there was a stat around the combined ages like 105 or something like that for that those three players, which is, is ridiculous when you think about rugby players, but like you said, that they seem to be getting better with, with age and show no sign of, of dropping standards just because they're 34, 35 years of age, whatever they are. It, it, it's a, an absolute reassurance to know that you're going to get seven, eight out of 10 every single week from them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm only 38, Graham, so I'm, I'm wondering if maybe I should get my, uh, my boots back out. Well, I'm a couple of years
1: behind you john i'm, I'm, I'm i reckon i'm i i reckon i might be able to get a game
0: well yeah maybe walking would be
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be.
0: right that is the salford game wrapped up fantastic performance from the robins we move on to our round three fixture against the lee leopards um squad news was announced earlier today lachlan Coe, ryan hall reese kennedy all come back into the squad welcome additions uh, Jimmy Kynos, uh Louis Senior, PLT all miss out. Hadley Stoughton then, not included. Starting continues to be injured and Hadley picked up a knock in the Salford game. Um, for the cent- uh, Centurions, God, it rolls off the tongue still, doesn't it? The Centurions. Yeah. Uh, the Leopards, and I nearly kept saying... I, the only problem when I say Leopards is I nearly say Leper as well. So I'm not having much fun with, with Lee at the moment. Luckily, when I spoke to Derek, that didn't uh, that didn't happen. Uh, for Salford, Joe Mellor comes back into the squad. Big player for them. They've just signed Joe Sharrocks on loan from Wigan Warriors. Adrian Lamb actually made gave him his debut there, so he comes into the forward line. Edwin Pape he missed out on the trip to Catalan uh, for them last time out. Adrian Lamb rates him. Better than 50-50 and thinks he'll be fit for Friday. Jack Hughes for Lee is only 50-50. Lee coming into the game on the back of two defeats. uh, A 10 points to 20 defeat against Salford in the season opener. They then went and travelled to Catalan and backed up that defeat with another one. Losing 14 points to 6 but it was a much better performance um, that's the squad news, Graham. I'm going to bring my interview with Derek Bowman. I caught up with him earlier. It's a very entertaining twenty minutes. So Pinula goes back and, and listen to what Derek says about rugby league in general, about the rebranding of the Lee Leopards, about our game on Friday night, and about the the future of rugby league. You, Derek, how's the rebranding gone?
2: And the fitness. All, in any business the numbers do the talking don't they you know so yeah. you can only get you know opinions subjected in it you you know you've got a leopard print t-shirt on under that top there don't you? i know you're riding. <laughs> <under that. laughs> well not, not t-shirt maybe maybe underpants maybe under, yeah yeah no, so i mean it, you know it, it's always been somewhat popular with the ladies isn't it i just like the banter with it you know the the, the lynch crack and stuff like that but the actual reality of it is you know with 2400 members which you know isn't a lot compared to what OKR have, but it's a lot more than what we've had Mm. before um you know the shirt that's you know it's not there to stay but it's it's the one what we came in with you know that that's done over 2000 so you know which is more than we've done before um eight and a half thousand in our opener is bigger than our average not quite the record we got but it's the highest we have had for a sky game so everything's looking more and more positive And to be honest with you, John, the longer it's gone on, the more positive it's got. You know, I remember asking a question in that, um, doesn't like the logo more now than they did the first time they saw it. And everybody liked it more then because things grow on you, don't they? So I think it's grown on people. And I think the little socials on the topo link, you know, a lot of people from other clubs can see the marketing and and what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah. And... You know, if anyone follows you on social media, Derek, they'll know that you like a bit of banter, and you know, there's been a few jokes and stuff going around. But there is a serious side to this, isn't there? That if the numbers don't stack up, then then ultimately um, it doesn't work, and you need the numbers to stack up, like you say, with the the club going soup League, raising the average crowd, obviously raising revenue streams, etc. etc. There is a serious side to this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not it's not a joke, but. You know i think everybody does need to lighten up with some things you know what i mean business is a serious thing but we're in the entertainment industry we're in you know the entertainment of fans and you know the more entertaining we can be on the field of course rugby is the main brand isn't it that's what we're all interested in but if you want to attract more people i've got a message yesterday off a of fan his uh, mum's not been since 1985 the last time she came to a live game he's kept trying to come she's coming to pose on now if that gets her interested back in the rugby because she sees the game after and likes the atmosphere and you know it's a win does that pay for it's no it doesn't but you know you've got to you've got to endure some of the pain so you we're know, a spectacle more than just the rugby so that when you lose those first two games like we have you know it's not the end of the world because that wasn't the only thing that you came to witness and see there was more to it it was an event uh, so that's that's the kind of focus we're trying to do Serious, always serious where, where money's concerned, you've got to be. Uh, serious where the rugby side's concerned, where the players are concerned. Um, but, yeah, you know, I was just going, there's an interesting one. I was just, um, received a package from Budgie Smugglers, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Aussie brand and, uh, you know, this jacket of war. And, uh, they've approached us to sponsor us, to have us as their Super League partner. the had a rugby union partner, they got the Super League partner because of the fun in the brand because they can see the fan engagement that we'd have because they know our work about you smuggler design shirt, and you know so it's attracting new interest and and new sponsors into the game I'm not saying everybody should do it you know but there's um an American guy I was chatting to over he's he's become a big fan I met him on a cruise uh, and he was telling me about a baseball club um over near where he lives in America um Savannah Bananas and they've got this crazy guy who owns the place. I'm going to start looking into it and they're doing all mad stuff. And the place is sold out every week from being yeah. pretty empty. you know. So those are the kind of things we've got to try and do.
0: No, and there's the there's more than one route to success, isn't there? You know, if everyone did the same thing, then not everybody will be able to be successful because there's only so many people can be at the top. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And Hull and Rovers, of called we have made the match much more than just the game. You know, they've made it entertaining, they've put a um, Craven Street in place, you know. So when people go to a game, it is much more than just the just the game. And have you have you cast an eye over what Rovers have done in the past and, and sort of been inspired by,
2: by some of the initiatives they've put in place? I mean, I, I look at everything. I'd love to have a fans on, like what you guys have there mm-hmm. in the end. You know, I, mean, I I always take notice of what, you know, my youngest boy, he's just turned 13, what he thinks, because ultimately mm-hmm. that's our future, isn't it, for us all? Um, and, and when we was last at um, at your place, you know, he was straight wanting to get down there from the from the corporate area. You know, and what I've always found Okia okay, to be a really uh, friendly, accommodating club. You know, Neil, I'd get on really well with we a lot of time for Neil. And, you know, we, we have a lot of relationships, you know, from being in the caravan industry at AB Sundex, because that's where yeah. all all caravans are made for, for everywhere. And I'm normally living there for about three weeks of the year when we do the show at Cottingham as well. So you know, a lot of sort of linked with all, but as soon as we was in there, he couldn't wait to get down there and he's burning cash. And that's what it's all about. You know, he's taking money off me. He's coming back up with the ball. It's an Australian ball, but what does it matter? It's a rugby ball. Yeah. It's, it's been purchased there. So... I, you know I take me out after that and you know I know that um you guys have been successful running memberships rather than than sort of season tickets which is a, a direction we've took so I've seen that you know success there and you've got a good guy there in Paul Lakin as well who you know he he, he understands commercial uh sense and he's obviously had a bit of time in football so got a bit of uh, working with him as well last time we was in uh, in Super League so you know you're a good solid club there um and this time round you you've started well as well so uh, we're not um we're not we're not relishing coming down there friday i can assure you
0: no and you've mentioned about uh, rovers being a solid club they've built a lot of foundations over the last few years obviously the have to upset a lot of supporters but actually it's probably the best thing that ever happened to the club and we've been able to put things right how important is it for you, there at least this season, especially when you look at the, the IMG proposals and some of the stuff that might be happening
2: on and off the field? It's, it's massive because it's the one thing we've not done and it's it, it's the one thing that will create the success of this club. So, you know, winning takes care of everything is a phrase that Lamy uses a lot. Um, You know, that particular year that you guys got relegated and came back, I remember you beat us here. Um, in, in the middle age, you know, you had a good successful season and sometimes, you know, your fans just enjoy having that prolonged season of winning and success and the feel good, even though it's not in the highest level rather than sort of not having any real prospect of, of winning anything, being sort of um, middle table, but you know, I, I, rem- I remember vividly that game here actually, because I think one scored both tries and in the week Dukesie had said if he scores. then uh, I didn't do it, and that's it's easier said than done, isn't it? Um, you know, but if we'd have stayed up that year, um, you know, I believe we'd be a lot better position than we are as a club. Uh, Um difference is that in May last year I said to Chesie, look, just gonna spend the cap, get recruited now, because if we wait until we know, we're never gonna get the players and, and we always end up in a precarious position. Have we got it right? Time will tell. I mean, you know, the first two performances are losses, but I'll take a lot of credibility from the manner of the defence and the effort from the boys that, that I think, uh, you know, hopefully this year we can do it because it is important, like you said, for the, the reasons you pointed out with IMG and everything else.
0: Yeah. And I think the recruitment has been so important for you, Derek. I mean, Zach Hardaker, uh, uh, Tom Briscoe, Ricky Lutelli, Joe warrell Jack Hughes, Gareth O'Brien, Josh Charlie, you know, the list goes on of experienced Super League players, uh, players who've played, you know, all over the world kind of thing. Because it's long season, to and, and like you said, two defeats, but but really, you know, there's still so many more games to be played in the future, and, and you've got a really experienced squad there to, to support that.
2: We, we have, not we've got, you know, if you look at, like, Lamy, you know, people criticise when he was at Wigan about points that he scored, but, uh, you know, I see the inner workings as a, of him. You know, I've spoken to Mal Meninga at length when he was over when we went out for dinner together and when he came over on his pre-planning before the World Cup. And, you know, Lammy sits as assistant for, for a World Cup winning cup. Chezzy's obviously got a lot of experience in there. We've got PJ Paul Johnson, who, who played for Great Britain. So he's, he's a rugby guy in and around that. Tony Club, you know, played. So we've got some good people in and around it with the experience that are in there. Now... You know a lot of people have lost sight as well of the fact we've got 13 new players in our in our team now that's not ideal you know what I mean it's not what you want to be looking for you want three two three four subtle changes where you just apply and, and you, you plan and progress so we've had to have too many changes largely because we ran with a lot more overseas uh, which everybody knew so we, we knew so no no complaints. So you know, then he's had sort of seven changes. He's balanced it different, putting Hardacre in the centre, moving Gaz O'Brien to fullback. Seeing that, that from the first game, so there was seven, eight changes overall in that game over um, at Catalan, which is never easy to do. So at this moment in time, it's all—it is all about being defensively strong, and it is all about being, you know, robust and getting this group together. And we saw that in the early stages when we lost to Featherstone in round two uh in in that first base camp what what Lammy likes to operate and by the end of, of of the season or you know base camp three we were scoring 40 on featherston. Mm. so you know the the attack will come um but, but it, it's the newness of it and, and before we get to that we don't want to be chopping and changing we want to build something strong around the and the back
0: of it yeah, so if we look at specifically the game on Friday, I mean, you've just mentioned defence and that was probably one of the standout things from your performance against Catalan. Um, only 8-0 at half-time, 14-6 overall. But particularly that last, what, 15 minutes, the lead defence really showed up, didn't it? And and that was without players like Edwin Pape, Jack Hughes, um so that gives you a lot of encouragement going into to the game against Rovers. And also the squad announcement has just been made and you've added Joe Shorrocks from Wigan. He comes into the squad. How important will Joe be to, to the game on Friday, do you think?
2: I think it gives, you know, I mean, Lamy obviously gave him his debut over at Wigan and, and, you know, he came through from the amateur ranks and he, he likes him. He's, he's a tough player. Um, you know, he's someone I always think stands out, not just because of his long road by how he actually plays, you know what I mean? He's, he's a he's, he's a tough lad, so it just gives us that added player who can you know you've got John Asiata there, who's is a, a cracking player, but it's not an eighty minutes, you know. Edwin's not. not and everybody's been using Matty Davies, who isn't a nine. Uh, he's more of a middle back role. So I, I just think Charles gives him another. Um, an option that can go 9-13, maybe from the bench. Um, at this point, I don't know the team, but if I did, I wouldn't give it away. Obviously. <laughs> um, but I have, a, I have a good idea what, what, which way. I mean, you don't really bring players into your um, yeah. club if you if, if you don't see a space for them. So, you know, as we did last year, if, if players become available that we believe can make us better, then we'll bring them into the group if they can, they can add value. So I think a big one's Edwin. Um, you know, we all saw him... Um, get you know the 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 world cup nine dream team um i know it's one thing in the championship but on a world cup stage i think he backed it up as well but um a few people would say if he played over in catalan we probably nailed some of the chances Mm. that that we didn't so um but at the time it was more important for for his you know mental will be a year away from his own uh, daughter and as, as a club, we will always be responsible to, you know, the welfare of our players and the group. Um, and that was the right thing to do. And we knew it would weaken us, um, but it was the right thing to do and, and hopefully we'll be stronger for it with him now.
0: Yeah, Edwin Pape, he's, he's one player who I think is definitely box office. Another one is Lachlan Lamb, obviously son of head coach. Um, yeah. I mean, on his day, he, 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 can, he can win a game single-handedly.
2: Yeah, I mean, we look when we was over in Lanzarote, it, it, and you kind of, you know, you're not involved in it, but you're there. So you're seeing it and you're seeing it differently because you're not involved in the detail of the coaching and stuff. And when the ball gets in his hands, it just seems it's like when you press times two on your Sky remote. You know what I mean? It just ups that tempo, that bit of speed. So we need to kind of get more areas than just when he's got it. recognize it. So Peter's going to recognize it solved mm-hmm. against I think it up better than we did it um, at our time if I'm honest in, insofar as you got out quick and wide and stopped yourselves from being pushed back inside and then you got your rewards and the completion drop down and, and you won a good game.
0: And not a lot of people know Derek, but um, on the back of the Catalan game, you haven't had the, uh, the most ideal preparations, have you? I mean, delayed over in France with your flights, coming back, what, 20, 24 hours almost later than what you were supposed to be back? I mean, it's not ideal, is it, going into any game, let alone, you know, only your third game of the season?
2: Hey, bro, it, it, to be honest with you, it, it, it doesn't make preparation up, it, it's, it, it robs you of a training day. Um, you know, everybody has like a, a game mode. You know, a, a, a week based on when you're playing for your down days, your rehab, your train days. Your you're on. having the players on the floor of an airport till you know close on midnight. Before then, calling it and getting them to an hotel, then getting them back on a coach and getting them back to the airport, then getting them back you know to Manchester, and then they're in the cars at home wherever they are. So it's not been ideal. Um but you know situations like that adversity you've got to use them you know and take the positives from them and so it was more time together um you know the boys got a lie in that following morning that they didn't have got they've been up early and coming so we, we focus on the positives where it probably gets us a little bit is you've got someone like Joe Miller that's you know available for selection but as as Lamy at the time with him in in game mode this week for training so with losing that day probably not so you know we probably lose a little bit on on that so it's tough coming to all kr anyway it's tough tra- travel in the distance it's friday um we don't get as much support which you know he sells traveling when you come there you guys shout for everything yeah. um you know so it's a tough environment for the officials i don't mean that disrespectfully but you know it is you're on top. It's a closing crowd, and and you work well for your team. So, it's we're under no illusions. We've not had the best preparation. We're under a little bit of pressure, although I don't put it on anyone. Um, listen, I'm quite, you know, we come there and we know it's going to be very tough. You know, so we're, we're, I'm quite prepared for being three and I know we've then got the Saint Helen's coming after that. I'm quite prepared for four, and all. we then go to Warrington. We then go to your neighbours, left uh, and then we get Wigan here. We could be seven, eight mm. games without a win, um, but we'll stick together and, and, and we don't crack under it, you know. So, millions of work, play, that. We just keep working hard. I think if you do lose, it's the manner in which you lose and, and the performance that that gives the fun. So, you've got Abdul's a great kicker of the ball. Though he gets you around the field uh, really well. Um, Mikey Lewis can get where Fogg can't get. Um, you know, and then you've got some some big guys in there. You've got Kenny Dell, that left um, side of yours. is strong as well. So And you score points. So, it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah. And uh, to add to that, Lachlan Coote, Ryan Hall, Reese Kennedy are all back after missing... Yeah the game uh, last time out uh, on top of some players who came in to replace them and ended up playing really well so Willie Peters has got some big decisions to make because uh, there'll be some players who unfortunately are going to have to miss out against Lee but I suppose you're right there Derek if you the closer you are in games the more you stay in the games the more chance you've got winning and as long as you're not getting any blowout scores it's going to give you plenty of hope isn't it that
2: you every now and again the that's the key mate not getting not getting a, bit, a, a big bang off anyone um you know, because I think that's when you can lose out. If if we've lost 40, 30, then than than the manner in you know in which we have lost, so we have to keep our resilience, um, you know, and keep working hard in there. Sometimes you can have change like you just said. You know, Peters has got a tough game on the. People of the quality of coup coming back in, um, but you've got people who've also done well and you've won your first two games. And you know, the the group's got a. Be well managed, and you're not going to make decisions that disappoint people, that affect the actual balance of the group on where they think someone's been rewarded. But it's a long season, and, and you know it takes a lot of a lot of time. Um, so everybody's got to play the role. Seventeen men are never going to win you anything. Other, you know, you need you need that strength and depth. And I'm not sure what uh, Lammy will do. You know, I think other uh, play in Catalan for the game, but about twenty minutes in. Uh, Went quite well, so you know we've got players that are are coming into it. If Joey Miller does figure, Um, but then you start looking at how much does it disrupt what you're already doing well. So if you guys go three and zero, having done Wigan, Salford at the end of the day with semi-finalists last year. There was arguably a bad decision away from making the final. So and they were a good attacking side, and you kept some. You know, so your defence was very strong as well so our attack's not been great and your defense has been very good um so that makes it even harder to see you know where we're getting getting the points and you've been scoring points so it's a tough gig not talking us out of it because we'll come with the right attitude but it's a big ask at the moment for us
0: no and Derek I'm definitely uh both feet in the camp of no games are giving me in Super League especially this season more than ever so you know if Rovers are not on it there's every chance that if Lee uh you know pick up a few points, who knows where they are at the end of 18 minutes. So it's going to be a really intriguing encounter. I know you're really busy, Derek, so I'm really appreciative of your time that you've took to, uh, spent, uh, to speak to me on the Red Robin podcast. I wish you all the best. You know, what comes across, Derek, is regardless of you being the leader of uh, league support and you want the best for the game and you want the best for Lee. And, and I think that's all we can hope for is that generally our game flourishes and, and in the years to come, it's, it's up there out of the pinnacle of what elite sports should be.
2: Yeah, absolutely, mate, that's the key thing. You know, the, the numbers will be the numbers and the locations will be the locations. You know, we just want the twelve best brands getting the best exposure. You know, if, if somebody comes in like ING and they look, if they don't know do anything about Lee, they probably look at, at, at Lee and Wiggin and go, well, why have you got Lee and Wiggin there? Which one is it? They probably look at All FC and, and OKR. OK, mm. Well, which one is it? You know, Whereas we know that there's great rivalry there, and probably one of the biggest games is when LFC play LKR or when Wigan play uh, Leo, Wigan play Saints or Warrington. You know, those close connected rivalries. So for me, we all need to support the game as a whole, as much as we support our own clubs, and that will always be inshallah and insular. I think what we've got that football hasn't got, you know, we can go to a magic weekend, we can all share and have fun and, and banter and support each other's teams against each, which teams we like least, you know, and become fans of other clubs. And I think we need to focus, and IMG need to focus a lot of uh, energy towards that on what's good about again game. That one big thing that family that supports would be. And then within that, we have our own clubs. 100% Derek.
0: You all on friday night of course you're <laughs> well, no, going to be smiling mate and it's a long
2: journey with a sad face so. and i
0: can't wait to see your uh leopard
2: print budgie smugglers ah i might i might come in a different jacket than the one what was on uh sky we'll have to see mate all right derek take care thank you
0: Graham, uh, Derek Beaumont, it's fair to say if you're a Lee supporter and he was fifty fifty about travelling over to Easton on Friday night, he's probably done enough to persuade you not to travel <laughs> on the back of his um his pre match predictions. Um, Stuart Wilson he's commented on YouTube. He says, um, uh, it takes a lot of stick, does Derek, especially since the Kukash years, but his heart really is in the right place and to be fair, he does take a bit of stick, especially over the rebranding of Lee Leopards, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's fair to say he's a rugby league supporter. He's got a bit of business acumen, of course he has, because he wouldn't be as su- successful as he has been. Um, and I know I saw your ears prick up when I when you heard that uh, to were performing um, at Lee's next home game. But I suppose he's just doing a bit things differently to what the status quo is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd agree with Stuart that he does take a lot of stick, and I, I think he gives it as, as well. And I think he enjoys that. And um, yeah, it, it came through loud and clear that that he loves his rugby, he's passionate about his club, which is the same as you know as we are about our club. So absolutely fair play for that. You, again, you're right that he's not he's not a daft man. Uh, he's very clever in what he does, and as you say, wouldn't be as successful as he is without that. I think what what is tried to do there is is something a little bit different. It's certainly got people talking about Lee and certainly got people talking about the Leopards with the rebranding and certainly that jacket got people talking um, uh, about Lee. So again, it's just, you know, he said it's not a long time thing. It's just, again, I, I think something that will hopefully for them kickstart a rejuvenation of them, new fans to the games new experiences around the match itself like we you know we've seen recently uh, our, our home games you know to power again 80s legends for, for all the, uh, uh, the the people of a certain age out there who are listening. Um if you're not ask your parents kids who they are. Um okay. but the, the the first and foremost he is, is a rugby league fan and that comes across loud and clear. He is under no illusions of where the club are at. And he's got some clear ideas of what he wants to do and where he wants to take them you know i say good luck to him i think he's a character and without characters in our game or, or any you know any game uh it would become quite a boring dull place to to, to be so i think he brings a lot of color and vibrancy to, to the game and i say he'll rub some people up the wrong way absolutely but without that he'll, you know without that person like derek is you know you could argue that lee wouldn't be where they are now and, and you know challenging at the super league table so um, give him his credit where it's due. He's, he's stuck his neck out. He's stuck his hand in his pocket. He's, he's employed some good people, good people there. They've recruited well in terms of experience as well. And I think that the one thing that he alluded to there is 13 new players into a squad. And we've seen this in, a, in our history as well. He's won in at once. It's a team straight away it takes a long time to, to, to you know to pull all that together and that's the challenge that they've got which we faced in the past as well as we've been promoted Um it, it takes that time to bring that um uh, that attacking prowess that he wants to see but without that defensive solidity behind them they can't get to that attacking you know that attacking fair so i think they're going about it the right way um interesting that he, he thought there may be seven or eight losses from the first seven or eight games which you know, he's, he's an honest appraisal, but as a fan, not what, what you're wanting to hear. But you know what? Stranger things have happened. We saw results last season um, where Saints got turned over by Toulouse, I believe. As, you know, th- so stranger things can happen. So I think we need to be switched on on Friday night. We can't be complacent at all. And whether he's just trying to play us with a little bit of a double bluff there, saying he's expecting us to turn them over, I think we need to be uh, need to be fully focused on Friday night.
0: Yeah, and there's no doubt about that, but I mean, come on, the, the 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 they haven't been pulling up many trees, have they? And they've done all right, they've done all right, they've had bad preparation. I think they've only had one full training session this week. Um, they've got a few players injured. Edwin Pape could be back, Jack Hughes might be back, uh, Joe Mella might be back, but. When you focus on the Robins, Lachlan Coote, Ryan Hall, Kennedy all coming back into the squad on the yeah. back of some really good performances from Will Dagger, Sam Wood, um, Sam Luckley. I mean, how how do you see his lining up on Friday night, Graham? Uh,
1: I think he's he's giving, you know, the three that have come back into the squad, um I think he's giving them through captain's run to, to prove their fitness. So again i wouldn't take any risks if there were any doubts about yeah. any players um we're not at that stage where we need to take risks with players and we've seen adequately that we've got replacements on the bench so if if Coop's hamstring isn't quite up to scratch then don't risk it save him for the next week and we know that we've got an able deputy in, in will dagger no problem um i th- you know i think we should on paper win that game and Somebody made the point, I think it was Matthew uh, earlier on, about a, a different mentality from us um, about being favourites going into this game. We certainly weren't the favourites against Wigan, probably being a f- potential 50-50 call um, on, on the Salford game. But, you know, the bookies had Salford's favourites, and i have just checked while Derek was talking there, and uh, Lee have got an eight start, I think, something like that, eight or ten start yeah. on Friday night. So we're definitely favourites. But it's a different pressure that that we've got to you know got to deal with going into that game. And I think if we play as we can play, then we've scored 20 odd points two times already. If we can put you know 25 plus points on the board, are we good enough to stop them scoring 20 points? And I think the answer is yes, we are, but we've got to be on it.
0: Yeah. And I think Willie Peter said earlier on in the week at his, his press conference, um, they will not be rushing anyone back from injury. So, you know, although Coot, Hall, Kennedy, you know, are named in the squad. Don't be surprised if you don't see, I mean, particularly Lachlan Coote, which will be a shame because already people are making comments about, here we go again, you know, is this shades of last season? But, you know, we are still early on. There's still plenty of games to play. So let's fingers uh, fingers crossed that Coote does get back out. The one surprise that I might, that I think Willie Peters might throw in there, Graham, and he's on the, and it's on the back of Sam Wood's performance. Is that Ryan Hall should he be a hundred percent fully fit and, and should he be ready to play? Will Willie Peters maybe keep him on his toes by just keeping Wood in for that for that another game? You know, because obviously Hall's become very comfortable, quite rightly so as well, on the back mm-hmm. of some fantastic performances from the Robin for the Robins and on the back of a, a real high level of consistency. But it does not hurt every now and again, does it? Just to give someone a a, a, a kick up the backside, say, "Hey, look, yeah, you do play every week, but we've got Joe Bloggs here who could come in and take your place."
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, again, I'm not I'm not sure that that one performance like that would warrant keeping Ryan Hall. Because we know how good Ryan Hall is and how important he is for us in in so many areas. Um, absolutely, Sam Wood deserves another shot. Whether you know, that's the, these are the tough calls that, that Peters has to make. I'm, I'm glad uh, I don't. The only
0: reason I say that, Graham, is just because it's we are plainly now, yeah. You know, well, again, where we, I say if we was playing St. Helens, would Hall be uh, a, a shoeing? Probably. I just wonder, I just wonder if it been Lee, whether yeah, be may, may, be maybe,
1: yeah, maybe it's one of those where we can afford to not take risks. However, like I say, if our mindset and attitude is not 100, and Ethan's just made the point there, then we can't underestimate them but let's not worry about them let's focus on yeah on what we're doing and play to our potential let them worry about us yes we've got to do our research and, and homework on them and be aware of the threats and, and I, I think it's a good thing that we know so many of the players already and what 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 they can do so we're aware of that and i'm sure they'll have watched the games that, that lee have uh produced so far in terms of analysis so we'll be aware of those threats but Let's give them them plenty of things to worry about about us in attack, that keeps them you know without ball in hand.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Reese Kennedy because he, if he is fully fit and able to play, I mean obviously we've seen uh, Dean Hadley won't be in the squad. We're missing Matty Stoughton. You'd imagine Sam Luckley will retain his place in the squad. Uh, whether he changes the starting props and, and, and whether he changes suit and king and whether luckily gets a starting berth and, and Kennedy on the bench or vice versa. Yeah, that, that's, the, yeah that's
1: the beauty of that depth in it that we've not had before. We he can afford to do that and it, it can tinker with that that who starts, who comes on for the impact and, and make the, the, the best calls um on the back of it. Um that's that's a luxury we've not had too much afforded to us over the past few years. It's literally been who who can sort of fill the, the, the shirt to take it forward? So I think that's a good a good option to, to have. And like we talked about previously uh, a couple of weeks back about not burning George King out. Um let's let's use the spells well. Let's see what happens. You know, we saw it with Sam Sam Luckley there about that impact that he made when he came on for his spells. If the props can do that equally across the four of them, that's going to be hard for defenses to handle. But if we just sort of going through the motions with with our uh carries and not making those really strong drives forward because our players are gassed out then we've become easy to predict and easy to play against
0: yeah matty lane on youtube he um he comments if hall's fit he goes straight back in and he also said luckily and all right all right then all right all right Uh, and luckily, uh, Ann Kennedy on the bench, um, which would allude to King and Sue starting that prop. Mm-hmm. Some other club news to round up on, Graham. Uh, we've got a new club secretary, uh, Becky Outerbridge. John North, who's been a tremendous servant at the club. He's been there for many, many years. Uh, So we bode him farewell and wish him all the best. He has been a real fantastic servant and he's been there through thick and thin. So good luck, John. Uh, It's Willie Peters' birthday today. Happy birthday. Dave Hodgson's been named the new reserves coach. And in the same breath, it was announced that we've got no reserve game on Saturday uh, versus Lee. Interesting to see it's the RFL who was supposed to have postponed it. Rovers have commented and said it's not from their end. There's been nothing from Lee. Forgot to ask Derek deny why we're not playing the reserve game. So that that's one. Maybe I'll send him a DM and see if he he, he bothers to respond.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And the women's uh, championship starts again on Sunday. So while there's no reserve game on Saturday, there is rugby league at Craven Park on Sunday with the women taking on Alton Raiders Raidettes. Uh, Two PM kickoff at Craven Park. So get along and cheer on the the women if you can. Plenty going on in the Graham.
1: There, there is as usual yeah, it's just a typical week in 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 the uh in the world of whole care i think just on the on the reses i think I, I think they are important the reserve games and i think with hodgson um taking up the reins there, i think that's an important um position to have in in terms of continuity of style of play um of asking the reses to to sort of embed some of the principles that they're working towards you know for those aspirational first team players to embed them in, into the ways of thinking and, and doing uh, of being a first-team player. So I think if that can transmit through Hodgson to those players, that as and when they are needed to be first-team players of the future, they're ready-made and, and, and can easily slide into that mindset and that, that attitude that we're creating now with the first team. So I think that's a really good a good move on our part to, to keep that continuity uh, going. Like you say unfortunate with the i don't think we know the exact reason yet about the, the reses but i think it's a real um important uh, opportunity for those players who aren't necessarily uh, getting first team games or maybe in and around the squad but not getting you know, your kind horse of this world at the minute it's important that they keep playing to a, to a high level as well and uh, the reserves gives them that opportunity uh, i think so i think it's, it's a real important trick if it, if it doesn't play out well it could really impact the, the the quality of play that we need to bring forward once we start getting you know injuries and need to players to step up if they're not match fit if they're not battle hardened it could be uh it could be a hard job for them to get up to that speed so um yeah shame for for, for saturday but hopefully it'll resolve itself and there could be a, a meaningful reserve program on the back of it
0: Excellent. And that brings us to the end of another jam-packed episode of the Red Robin Podcast Weekly. Huge thanks, thanks to Graham for joining me and to podcast sponsors Budget Size Auto Centre and 360 Chartered Accountants. For now, though, live, love, laugh and be happy. <laughs>